we are again on the from here to there um, from here to there podcast, a podcast that talks a lot about discipleship and uh, just the journey we take from where we currently are to where God wants us to go. And so we uh, over lately we've been telling a lot of stories, uh, sharing um, how God is working in individual lives, um, in the way He grows them, develops them, and uh, really takes them to the abundant life uh, He. Um, wants them to experience. And so um, today we have um, Bobby Serencini, um with us. Um, some, uh, if you listen to this from the church, um, she is fairly new, been coming over the last probably two two years, uh, but during COVID again. Um, but uh, I, she has an incredible story of what God's doing and has some things coming up as well that uh, she's going to be beginning. And so I'm just going to have Bobby uh, kind of, why don't you just introduce yourself, uh, share a little bit about where you came from, um, what you do for, did for a living, um, and any other details you want to share about uh, who you are. Okay, I'm Bobby Staracini, and I come from Long Island, New York, and um, I moved up here two years ago. Um, my husband passed away. And I was selling the condo, and I was supposed to move in with my son and his wife. But um, things changed. I talked to Cheryl, my sister, and she was moving up here from Arkansas. And I just asked her if I could come along. All right. So that was the biggest move I've ever made. All right. You lived, Long Island. lived in Long Island your whole life. My and this is the first life. time I'm sure they could hear your uh, accent or our accent, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we're glad that God moved you um, this way, um, this little area called I Big Flats. I absolutely love it up here. All right. Well, let's get into your story a little bit. Um, as you're growing up in Long Island, um, how, what was your background? Like, did you grow up going to church? Did you grow up? Uh, My childhood, I did not, was not, you know, a church going childhood. I didn't go to church until I was in the seventh grade when my we moved from Farmingdale out to Mattituck. And uh, my aunt took us to church. I belonged to the choir. And so I, I had some religious background. Do you remember um, the a time or the time that God really started getting your attention? And what what did that look like? And um, what was going on at that that time in your life? Um, I would say that I turned to God really after my first marriage. Uh, that fell apart, and I raised my two kids by myself. And I needed help. I needed to to know that, you know, there was somebody looking out for me. And God was looking out for me. I took my kids to, they, you know, grew up Catholic. They don't believe anymore, which kind of breaks my heart. Right. And so how old, about how old were you in uh, your first marriage? In my ended? early 20s. And so at, at that point, you're you're looking for hope, looking for something, mm -hmm. and decide to turn to the, the church, and, yes. and you met God there. Yes. All right. And then um, someplace along the way, you met your second husband. Second husband. Right. Um, and did you, did, your, did you grow? Um, did you keep going to church through that next season? Yes. And um, how did that uh, form you and develop you? How did God work in that season? Right. Was... Um 
he was Catholic. So I went and took lessons and became a Catholic. And uh, we went to church every Saturday night. And um, we, we, we grew together. It was his second marriage also. And um, it, it just, it was just the way we lived. Did, um, as you're going to church, sometimes we, we can mix up going to church with um, a relationship with, with Jesus. And um, when did you, when did that become a reality to you? Like, I'm not just going to church because I, I'm going to church. I'm going to church to connect with Jesus and I'm, I'm spending time with him at home. You know, like that kind of um, relationship with him. When Frank passed away, my son kept asking me to go to his church. I forget, in True North, I think it was, in um, out near Holbrook. And um, I went. And it was like this church. It was a lot bigger. But it talked about Jesus. Everything was involved about Jesus and the music and everything. It's just like I felt at home. Like I never felt like that in the Catholic Church. It was more restricted, you know. You just have to walk a certain path. That they, this was more open, and I understood. They talked to you in like you do in everyday life, not just a a ritual that you, you know, you go through. And a light bulb went on and about the, Jesus. I mean, about big light that, bulb uh, went off. Definitely. And that's what I've been searching for right. and been searching for. Yeah. And I have it here. Right. I felt that way when I first walked in here that first Sunday. I like your home. I felt like I was yeah. home and I feel like that now. Now, one part of your story um, is really your struggle with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And um, how did you start on that road? Um, down drinking, but not just. Casually drinking, it but that became an addiction. Socially. And I, you know, at, at that point, I was fine. But then I was going through a, a health issue, a, not a health issue, but I, I wanted to be healthier in living. So I stopped drinking completely. And that went on for a couple of years where I didn't drink at all. And then one day, um, my cousin and a girl from school decided we were going to go out for lunch. And my friend always had a glass of wine with lunch. I don't know what came over me, but I said, I think today I'm going to have a glass of wine. I could just picture it in my mind, a frosted glass of white wine. And it will, you know, just make me enjoy the day. So I left the lunch and all the way home, all I could think of was how am I going to get wine into my house without raising eyebrows or asking why you're all of a sudden drinking wine again. So I became very, very sneaky. And once I started, 
I couldn't stop. It's, what did that grow into? Um, so you started with that one glass of wine, and um, at the worst point of that journey, what, how much were you drinking? And what? Twenty-four-seven. Okay, so you you were you had wine and other things as well. Yeah. Um. So did stress play a factor in um, how much you drank, or or what what really made you? Is, was there anything think, that really caused it? I think I've always had um inferiority complex. I always thought I was not good enough. I, I just didn't have any self-esteem whatsoever. And I think that if I had a drink, I could be more sociable. But as it turned out, I became isolated. And then I just, I could go to work. But I couldn't wait to get home. Um, and so how old were you when you started down that path, that first glass of wine, and really it became more of an addiction for you? How, how old was that? I would say in my uh, 50s. And how long were you, did you walk that road of? For quite a while. A decade or not? Uh, yeah, definitely. And then what? Because a lot of times when you talk about addiction, you don't realize you're addicted. Sometimes other people do. Did you have people along the way say, you're you have a problem? Yes. And how did you receive that? Like I needed to hide it more. And I think that's what drove me into isolation. And then when I stopped working, because I was, I was 67, I think, when I stopped working. And then it was all day. You know, and I had didn't have to be anywhere or do anything. If I had to be somewhere, it was a struggle for me to stay straight for two days. If I had to do something with my grandchildren or anything, because you you can't hide it. It's um, I mean, it just ruins your your whole life. What? kind of opened your eyes to the fact that you had a problem? I woke up one morning with the shakes. They call it the DTs, where you're, you, know, you just have to have another drink in order to calm yourself down. My son called me, and he said uh, he could tell right away there was something wrong. He said, Mom, what's wrong? I said, I don't feel very well. I'm uncontrollably shaking and I can't stop it. Take a shower, get yourself together, and come and get me. He stayed with me. That was the Saturday I picked him up. Um, he took me to a meeting on Sunday morning. And that's where God saved my life. And I haven't had a drink since. How long? How many years have you not had a drink? Uh, July twentieth. It'll be eight years. Eight years. Congratulations. That's that's that is a very hard thing. Addiction is not just a a choice. I mean, it begins as a choice, and it becomes um, your brain is desires it, and it, it it's almost like it's the the easy it's path. Disease. It's it, it's it controls you, and so yeah. to be able to. Um, 
walk that healing process is 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 a beautiful thing of what God has done in your story. Mm-hmm. But I imagine though it wasn't always easy. No, um, wasn't. Were there times when you faced um, the loss of your husband, or other times where you just the desire built in you? The desire did not build in me, twenty, but it 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 didn't. Now Frank only passed away two years ago this past February. And um, I had no desire to drink at all. You you would think that that kind of a loss, you know, would trip you up. But all I think to myself is the day I woke up with the shakes, that I never want to be that person again. And that's what I keep foremost in my mind. I never want to wake up and be that person again. Do you do you look back now? Because um, when you're walking, when you're walking in, in an addiction and even in, in like rebellion against God, sometimes you don't see the damage that you're doing around you, mm-hmm. uh, and even to yourself. Do you look back and and do you see some of that um, wreckage along the way? Do you, do you? I've had a lot of amends to make to my brother, to you know Frank. Was that was it a hard? To take those steps to make those relationships yes. um, correct. Did, yes. How did they? Re- how did some of those people receive? Everybody it? received me with open arms. So you experienced a lot of grace along your mm-hmm. your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 you know, that's, I think that's a beautiful thing about people's stories is it, it is emotional. It is. It is extremely um, emotional. So that's. But God is good. Yeah, he's very good. I mean, um, look what he did for me. And he brought me up here, where I'm finding that this is where I belong. Right. And if I can help somebody else, that's my plan. Yeah. Now, um, so you, you came back two years ago, and um, again, God brought people in your in your path, uh, both before you moved back and also here. And uh, I know as you started talking, even a few months ago, um, you wanted to create a place where other people who are struggling with addiction can find healing and hope um, and, and really strength to walk through that. And I know that you're you're looking at starting a group um, here at the church, but really open to anyone who's struggling with addiction. Um, first of all, talk about the struggle of, um, sometimes it's hard to take that step of leading something like that. There's a fear of like, I'm not good enough. Um, first walk through that, that um, struggle and then why you're still stuck. I wanna do this. I've always wanted to do it since I'm, you know, been in the rooms. Um, it's something I always wanted is to help others. And I think I did that at times just to um, help other people by telling my story of the stupid things I did when I was drinking and not wanting to face um getting help getting help was a really hard thing for me to do but when you hit rock bottom you have no place else to go but up and that's where i wanted to be i wanted to get up i wanted to get out of that mess i made for myself and so um just for those that are listening they might either know someone who 
this group might be good for, or maybe they're struggling um, with addiction as well. Um, some details about um, the group that you're starting, who you're inviting to this group, and um, when you're meeting, and those kind of details. All right, we have decided to um, start a meeting on June 18th at from six o'clock to seven. And um, it's just for anybody that needs help with addiction. I know there are different forms of addiction. And um, I think that we can help anybody that just wants to sit and listen to somebody else's story and the difficulties that they had. because. Everybody has a story. And I just want it to be an easy going place that people are feel free to talk and to tell their story and, and just be honest. And we're not judgmental. We're all in the same boat trying to make a better life for ourselves. And that's all I'm trying to do. I just want to help. I don't want anybody to suffer the way a lot of people do. And what day of the week is that? On, um, it's on a Friday. On Friday nights from 6 to 7. And um, they probably, they don't have to tell you you're coming, but um, if they do want some information, they could probably let me know through email and I can let mm -hmm. you know. Okay. Um, Let's let's jump a little bit. Um, just a couple more questions. One is, how are you growing in your faith right now? I uh, I love Jesus, and I do believe that He is bringing me to this place that I am in my life right now. And uh, I just know that He's going to help us get through this and and to hopefully build something that right. can help others. Yeah. And I I know he's for me, not against me. Yeah. So I just hope that, you know, somebody hears the, hears about it and really feels free to come. Sounds good. I'm, I'm so glad this is um, part of addiction a lot of parts of our life we carry a shame you know we try we hide like you're talking about you know hiding um the bottles or hot you know yeah. we, we live in hiding not just from addiction but from all sorts of reasons for you to share your story one brings it out into the light but allow allows people to know that they're, they're not alone mm -hmm. um and that there is grace and god's forgiveness and compassion and healing um, both in community and relationships, but also from him, and that there is not people's stories doesn't have to end in tragedy, no matter what how low a point they've hit. There's always a possibility for trying. Um, and so I hope people get to hear that a little bit. And, um, anything else, uh, part of your story you want to share? Um, I just lost my son last September, and. Um, he was two years clean and sober. And when he passed away, 
he was clean and sober for 10 years, which at least I know that he, you know, he found his God with his wife and they, you know, they, they worked through their problem together. And at least I have that, that I know that he went to heaven clean and sober. And that does my heart good because that broke my heart to die the day after his 50th birthday. And he had, he had a rough life. He went through all kinds of things with drinking and drugs, I think, that I didn't really know about. Yeah, there is there is that part of the story too of watching your child struggle, you know, knowing yeah, that. and knowing that there was nothing I could do until he needed help himself, and he got help before I did. And he's the one that kind of helped you. He helped me. He took me to my first meeting. He yeah. knew exactly what I needed. Wow, that, that's an incredible piece of that story is um, having your son, who could have been angry or frustrated or bitter at you, but to really come and walk alongside you in that. Mm-hmm. And he's the one, is he the one that took you to church too with mm-hmm. him? So, um, yeah, God is, yeah. God definitely used him. Yes. Probably even past just your life, but mm-hmm. others. Now we usually end, and we're going to do that today, um, a speed round, simple questions, um, and just whatever hits the top of your mind, but um, see how we can, um, uh, answer these questions. Uh, favorite verse? My favorite verse is um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Okay. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Uh, the most beautiful place that you've been to? Well, I would say. Right up here. Um, favorite um, season, uh, summer, spring, winter. I like fall. spring because everything's coming back to life. Uh, first car you owned. Um, favorite Bible character. I would say Ruth. Um, place you most want to visit someday. I don't know. No place. Okay. Um, we'll do one more. Let's do um, favorite restaurant. Anything Italian. I would have guessed that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. I'm not Italian. But oh, okay. Frank was. Long Island seems very Italian. There's a lot of Italian there. I learned there. to cook Italian. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, just want to thank you for sharing your story. And um, we are going to be praying that God uses this group. Um, to um, open people's eyes, one, um, and then also maybe to bring hope and healing through telling their story and also telling the story of of God's grace and his goodness and um, how he works. And so I I am excited to see what God does through it um, and through you in that. And even even if they don't come to your group right away, um, if they hear their story and maybe they are encouraged in some way. So uh, thank you for sharing your discipleship story and how God's working. And uh, we're glad that all of you could join us on this podcast. And um, hopefully you enjoyed this one and other stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Thanks. 